Hello and welcome to another episode of the Manchester is Red podcast here from the Manchester Evening News. I am your host Ash Barami and I am pleased to be joined by Charlotte Dunker. Hello. And Rich Fair. Gave me the eyes and Ash, I thought you were going to come to me first. Yeah, yeah. Was good, that, wasn't it? threw me off as well to be <laughs> yeah. Good tactic, you'd be good at penalty shootouts I think with that sort of, good, wasn't send it? the keeper the wrong way basically. Eden but Hazard-esque. You did, it, did it in podcast terms which very impressive. Yeah, thank you. So um, we're going to start off. There's only one place really to start off, and that was last night's defeat to PSG. I mean, it wasn't. It was so much confidence going into the game, Charlotte, but it was almost like a reality check, wasn't it, for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and United? Yeah, I think it shows um, what Solskjaer's done in the short time that he's been there, that United fans actually went into the game believing that they could win because when the draw was made, when Mourinho was there, and I think it was a couple of days or even a day before, days he, was, before, yeah, before he was sacked. One day, yeah. It yeah, it came out and everyone was like, I think, fearing the worst and you felt like it would be more damage limitation if if the situation was still the same and how many would they lose by rather than thinking they were going to win and I think there was belief maybe some blindsided belief from some United fans United were always going to lose sooner or later there was no way they were going to go unbeaten until the end of the season and I think as soon as those players uh, Marshall and Lingard went off in the first half it affected United's game plan but it also just showed the second half the golfing class between United and PSG they're absolutely nowhere near them yeah, I think it's interesting what Charlotte says there, though, because PSG weren't good in the first half. I think if Lingard had played the whole game, United could have got something positive from, from the match. Um, you can just see the heads dropped, having to use two substitutions as well in the first 45 minutes. It means you can't really influence the game later on because you've got one sub who can come on and maybe make the impact and get behind players and stuff. But I think Lingard was the key player for United yesterday. He's been the sort of big man for big games. We've seen it in FA Cup finals. We've seen it in maybe not in Europe, so much before from Lingard but I think he was scaring the PSG players they didn't have time on the ball I think his they injury... were poor weren't they PSG in yeah. the first half and I think like there was... sloppy in possession yeah. they kept losing the ball and United should have taken the lead when well, we could have taken the lead when Lingard found Marshall on the break and Marshall yeah. could control the ball he should have controlled it he had a really bad game I know people say Di Maria was maybe I'm not sure how people say he was a coward I know he didn't really get into the game early on but Marshall no one was good in the first uh, Di Maria any... was, it wasn't good in the first but half no Di Maria was, was, but there. no one was no attacking yeah. player played well in the first 45 minutes for either side other than I think Lingard looked bright but he just didn't get enough on the ball it's unfortunate he got his injury yeah I thought, I thought Lingard personally was, was United's Best player up until that, in, up until he yeah. got injured. I, I think mean, he's the key as well because, like I said, he's such. A, I know people always raise their eyebrows and laugh when they say he's the Iniesta or whatever of United, but they mean it more. And maybe what he represents the team, the movement he has, his ideas. Yeah. It's a transition, isn't it? When United turn turn over and go on that counter attack, he is. He's got the pace. He's yeah. got Marshall has the pace as well. And I think yeah, but Marshall and Rashford still don't defend as much as Lingard does I know people love Marshall he does his major runs and stuff but he's sort of like what Leo Rossani has at City they're both fantastic attackers but they still don't offer enough coming back whereas I think Lingard does I think especially the good thing about Lingard is he plays for the middle or on either wing as well and he was pressuring the game really well I think it would have been a different result had he have not got the injury in the first half yeah there was, there was obviously I mean there was a couple of decisions that may have been a bit dodgy I mean can Ben be a sending off I mean do you think was it that was a sending off or I feel the way it? the ref ref the game then yes because he was very card happy and I think he could have I'm not saying he, it ruined the game at all but he those first challenges that he gave them yellow cards for in the first half when you start giving the cards out that early you've set a precedent and that's what he did and then every every level of foul that was at that level he was just getting the yellow cards out so with the way he ref the game arguably yeah we should have been you know I didn't even get a free kick for that did they 
when they brought Rashford yeah, two down. off the ball ones they're similar yeah. to what Young yeah. got booked for but like Charlotte said um, in, in terms of actual if it's like a Premier League game Kimpembe shouldn't have been sent off no. but in the manner that the referee sort of set the precedent he set early on ridiculous amount of cards he was giving out it's it, got, it generally tends to happen in Europe and it happens in the World Cup yeah. as well the referees will straight away was like, it 10 they ended up 10 yellow 10 cards, yellow cards. yeah that's ridiculous which is yeah ridiculous but like I said it's I mean you always get this every time there's a European game you, people just always say it's European referees I'm not sure what country is meant to have the best referees anymore because it's, I mean it's always going to be a culture clash and I guess in France I mean, France, they were quite physical PSG, weren't they? And yeah. then people used to say the Premier League's the only physical league, but I thought PSG looked good. They looked strong. Um, and maybe they didn't get enough credit for maybe in their tactics. And then people say they've got good individual players, but maybe they don't have the... You know, you play only playing in a... Maybe the people called it a farmer's league, don't they, league? And then they say that maybe the PSG don't have the tactics or whatever, but I thought they proved a point last night. I think Marquinhos did an absolute number on Paul Pogba. Yeah, he did. I think that's why Pogba got sent off as but, well. And also, that just... In another way, that just proves the difference between United and PSG. United have what arguably one world-class outfield player. If you take De Gea out of it, man mark him out of the game, and United struggle, like Pogba... Yeah. Pogba in those games can make the difference for you and if the opposition player is good enough to mark him out the game which he was yesterday then United are going to struggle yeah, yeah I think as well like PSG's approach you always knew will be on the counter attack but I think United were so naive pushing too high up the pitch as well because Ashley Young and Bayern just they just didn't read the game well enough and it means that PSG's pace was always going to get in behind them so if United drop deeper PSG can only run at you but United are letting them get United was too far up and letting PSG get in behind them. There was so much space at the back. Yeah. They were so open. Which is what I mean. PSG's game plan was to nullify United's best outfield player, Pogba, and they did that perfectly. United's game plan wasn't to nullify Mbappe. They just gave the wing... They, they sort of said, we'll put a man on Mbappe, but then they left the two wings wide. And that's how PSG would get all their attacks down both flanks and getting behind United time and time again. Yeah. Solskjaer after the game spoke about, obviously, like almost like the levels between... United and PSG at the moment what part of United's which specific areas do you think United to club to bridge that gap would be the key areas that maybe aren't on the level of PSG it was like screaming out for it all over the pitch though wasn't it you, they, you they need mm. yeah for, forwards defenders Herrera didn't have his best game I think your midfield trio probably your only three that are going to stick but it's the injuries again if mm. You wouldn't be saying that if Martial and Lingard had stayed on, but you bring on Alexis Sanchez and Juan Mata. Alexis Sanchez again, like stealing the living. What what is he doing there? Like just beggar's belief. Every single time you come on, you think, yes, come on, Alexis, this is this, gonna be yeah. your chance. You're gonna prove a point to everyone about why he should be a United player. Lingard goes off. He's got forty five minutes in the biggest game of the United season so far to score to create some he was anonymous to take a player he, on he was just rubbish mm. yeah. again and that's what I mean like like Charlotte said it's a broken record because you say every week oh Sanchez needs this maybe play him through the middle play him on the right play him on the left he just does not look good enough to play for Manchester United Alexis Sanchez he does not look up to the challenge I know people talk about the weight of the number 7 shirt that Antonio Valencia had people said Valencia's the worst mm. number 7 I've ever had I think Alexis Sanchez is the worst number 7 I've ever had because he's it's embarrassing to watch him play almost United fans must I mean Charlotte you know your United Legiancy is sort of out you on the podcast but it's going to get cropped out I don't again. care <laughs> but you know it must be like when he gets the ball 
like you say, you, you keep on thinking, this is it. Maybe we've seen him at Arsenal, they can beat a player, cut inside, put across the back. But what do United do with him now? Because he looks like a lost cause. He's had enough chances. He's yeah. played in enough different positions. He's played in enough different teams. He's played under two different managers and he just looks awful. And what, what, do, you, what do you do to make him better? Because like you say, you keep affording him, oh, it didn't work on, it, it didn't work because he's a January signing. Oh, no one excels yeah. when they come in, in January. Right, okay he'll be good again come come the new season he had a full summer he had a full summer off the January thing had gone starting from scratch and then it was oh it's not working because of Mourinho right fine Mourinho's gone yeah he's not played as, as much under Solskjaer but there's a, there's a reason for that Solskjaer does, doesn't pick his team off how players perform in the game he's watching him day in day out in training he's not good enough to get in the starting 11 and then he's not good enough to come on and affect the game so what is he doing in the team mm. I joked yesterday that they should have subbed him off and I yeah. think there was some other people on Twitter it obviously he came on at half time when Lukaku came on would it have been a total disaster if he'd brought him off again probably not because he didn't do anything I think as well from a fan's point of view I know we mention it like almost every week but you can see why supporters I know there's lots of hype around the youngsters at United but I literally don't see why like if Sanchez carries on as bad as he is you've got to think people like Teeth Chong and stuff must really fancy their chances of getting to for the first team set up quite soon because mm. I know Sanchez on the big money which was reported and stuff everyone knows that that's, that's nothing fresh but in terms of actual quality what they offer the team Sanchez is one probably one of the least threatening attacking options United have I think Lukaku's better option off the bench Mata looks looked bad last night but he's still a better asset off the bench Sanchez has offered absolutely nothing since joined yeah, United in, the fact these are two good games basically Spurs in the semi-final and Yeovil away on his debut well you mentioned that as well and Solskjaer after the game in that press conference it sounded like it sounded like he just gave he's almost like he gave up on it yeah because he said it's frustration it's, that Solskjaer showed yeah he said basically it's down to the player now so everyone else if you listen to the players after the game in the mix zone in interviews they're all saying how much Solskjaer has helped them and Solskjaer has progressed their game and all that and Solskjaer's come out and said it's up to him it's up to him now so it makes you feel like he's I can't imagine that Solskjaer's not done the same that he's done with Rashford and Martial and Lingard and worked with Sanchez in the same manner that he's worked with the other forwards. Lukaku's even said it. I know we've not really seen much of him under Solskjaer, but I can't imagine Solskjaer's not done the same with Sanchez and this is the end result. Everyone keeps questioning where it's gone wrong and at some point they're just going to have to cut their losses. I don't know, maybe China will be calling for him in the summer. I wonder how that would work because, I mean, almost like if if United do want rid of him in the summer, you think it might it may just have to be another free transfer move for him just because of the, the wages he's on. I, mm. I think I think a Chinese Super League club would pay, pay money for him yeah, because I think, of the name. Yeah, and I think in terms of United's sort of transfer outlet, the fact they paid nothing for him means if someone will take the wages that yeah. United would probably settle for I mean I don't know the actual ins and outs but you can imagine if someone offered like £10 million for him or whatever United would probably just say you can have it I mean it's not the transfer for you to associate with Alexis Sanchez but he's a player who's is he 30, 29, 30 now he's 30, 30. Now. yeah he's got that big reputation he's still a huge global figure he's still a really good marketing person as well for South America as well um, and I'm not saying he's finished in Europe as well I know China's an easy option for him and might suit him depends if his dogs want to go out to China or not but um Probably I mean, not. No, I mean he was good in good in Serie A for Udinese. He, he's he he's got something about him. I just don't think he's a player for a top level club anymore. He's maybe just he's a player who could do well at a Europa League sort of level club. Maybe that's why he was so good at Arsenal because he's just not cut out for the top level anymore. 
that's a interesting interesting perspective <laughs> I never thought of it like that bitch but, um, do you support Arsenal Ash? <laughs> no comment <laughs> <laughs> this is getting cropped out this entire bit. No, it's not. It is. Stay then. It is. I don't handle. like it. But yeah, that's what I mean. And like, like um, Charlotte said, um, the fact that he's not even doing well under Solskjaer says it all. Because Solskjaer's improved every other player, but he can't improve the player's work rate. And that's what I mean. It's not as if, it's not as if he's unfortunate in front of goal. It's just, he's not even getting on the ball. He's not even, there's just no movement. It's just, it's just so frustrating because you think anyone would dream of playing for United and then Sancho stood there on the pitch with his arms aloft saying why, why am I not getting the ball he's got to put the hard work in himself it's fair enough posting these pictures of himself on the training ground running however fast he does on the treadmill and stuff but you, it, all that matters is when you're on that pitch with, with the United Rocky soundtrack on. exactly and it's mm. that's what makes it embarrassing I don't mind the Rocky soundtrack and stuff if you then come onto the pitch and you chase every ball down like Ling- when Lingard first sort of burst into the first team he didn't have the maybe the quality but he chased down every ball. He gave everything he had and you knew that he left the pitch he'd given 100%. When Sanchez leaves the pitch, you just think he had so much more to give and he's just not done it again. Yeah, another thing from that game as well, from one number seven to another number seven was Angel Di Maria. I mean, he wasn't given the, he wasn't given a, it wasn't a warm reception at all, was it, last no. night? And, um, I don't know, what, I what, what did you make? I can't what did imagine you... that he would have been expecting a warm reception. No, what, I was still, I was, I mean, I was still puzzled because there's other players who have left United in much more controversial circumstances, yeah, and, and they're not the United are, United fans aren't a legion of fans who tend to boo former players when no, they come back. It's so, there's only been like a handful of them, but I don't know whether part of it smacked of if you'd asked every fan that booed when they left the stadium last night, why why were you booing him? Could they have given you a realistic, honest answer as to why? Oh, my mate next to me was booing him, so I decided I was going to boo him as well. I think I you think... need that sort of on a European night as well, don't you? Though you need, yeah, the, you they need want, the enemy. it needs to be hostile. It was part of the hype, wasn't it, of the, yeah. the whole game and the run? United. And I think won. that's mainly because like Neymar wasn't playing because Neymar gets booed by every fan just because he, he he's got a reputation for simulation and stuff. But I guess when he's not playing and there's no one else you can really identify as public enemy number one, yeah, then you know so, you're doing something right if the opposition fans are booing you yeah. because quite often than not you know all the fans do it don't they like fans will boo Jesse Lingard and then you'll be thinking why are they booing him and it'll be like if he's having a good game or something like that they just the fans want to get under the skin of the opposition which you can understand to an extent but throwing things at him is not a very wise idea what yeah. do you make of I know you're meant to be asking the questions Ash but what do you make of <laughs> Go ahead. he's got Rich has gone into full on hosting yeah. Yeah. you can be the guest on this one Ash we can all be guests we can all be hosts it's the beauty of podcasts let's do it again. <laughs> what, what do you make of Young's push on Di Maria do you think that was just a gentle barge that went a bit out of hand because of the slope yeah because... I don't Yeah, I don't think he meant to clatter him into no. the uh, railings but a lot of United fans did you feel sorry for Di Maria <laughs> Well, I thought at one point he might have bust his arm. So yeah. then I was don't want to see anyone break any bones. Um, but I think it was just unfortunate because the pitch slopes down, doesn't it? And then it's you don't have very far to go. And I think the, the, and metal. the momentum just then meant that he flew into the into the railings. But quite a lot of fans were saying at half time that was the highlight of the first half. So when that's your highlight of the first half, it kind of says all you need to know about the football that had been on show when a former United player nearly breaking his arm is the highlight. Yeah. yeah. And I guess from his point of view, he did not care one bit full time. Anyway. And I know we always talk about players celebrating against their former clubs. I know you don't like to see it sometimes, but 
I'm glad, I think I'm why glad not? we celebrated. Yeah. Because why not? I just... I don't, how, how, I don't get that yeah, whole... Especially when you've been there a year. You stand there and it's your like, hands oh, I'm, are really, I'm really yeah. sorry I shouldn't have scored this goal. Like It's your fo- job. Football's football. Like No fan is stupid enough to think that every single player in their team is like... It's not like Marcus Rashford, lifelong United fan. I get that. There are exceptions to the rule. Oh, he, Welbeck's got against United at, for Arsenal and he celebrated. Yeah, it's and like, everyone's... Yeah. Loads of people crying about it. Like, it's... He wants to do well. Like that's their that's their new club. That's a new job. There's new job. Fair, fair yeah. play. I say. So, I mean, we've got a second leg coming up soon. I mean, obviously Paul Pogba will miss that through suspension. Yeah. How would you go about approaching? I'll ask, I'll ask both of you on that. But Charlotte, how would you go into that game if you were Ole Gunnar Solskjaer? I think he's just got to go there and he's got to attack and he's got to hope by some description of miracle that if United go there and get the first goal and rattle PSG they've been known to bottle it before in the past I mean it would be a miracle and it's highly unexpected that they're going to go there and win but there's just no point going there with a cautious approach at all like they're going out as it is anyway just can they do I was going to ask can they do it without Paul Pogba is it is the win there's obviously always a chance, but realistically, do you think there I, is a chance? I honestly don't think they're going to go through, no, but I think the the approach needs to be go there and go all out attack. Yeah, I think they've got to be a 4 2 3 1. I don't care who's fit for that one or whatever. You've just got to match PSG what they do. They're going to be a 4 2 3 1. They only know how to attack as well. Um, they were good defensively, but it depends who's going to be fit for them as well. They'll, go, they'll, they'll push high, they'll try to put a show on early on. Um, United have to score twice that's the be and end all they have to score twice otherwise they're out two goals still might not be enough so they have to attack from the from the off it's it's ages away but we're at Pogba I think 4-2-3-1 makes sense again Matic Herrera in the hole maybe have Lingard Marshall on the wings Mata behind Rashford mm-hmm. it's a long way away but I think that's the mo- maybe the most sensible approach we at the moment play Lingard in the net a false nine yeah exactly but I think they've just got to go for it There's, I mean there's nothing to lose anymore in, in that aspect I know that um it's going to be I mean the thing is as we said that first half last night it's made out in hindsight that United were a whole class below PSG but United could easily have won last night if Lingard stayed on and they hadn't been maybe so naive in the second half maybe yeah if the referee had sent someone off it could have gone the other way so I don't think the tie's over yeah it's going to be difficult PSG themselves have a point to prove as Charlotte said they're bottlers they need to prove themselves on European stage but I think that there is a chance for United Pogba or not, it's going to be difficult. We know that, but Pogba was anonymous last night. They might they might have done a job on him again in, in yeah. Paris. We don't know that or not, but it means there's someone else who has a point to prove. Juan Mata was fantastic against Juve in that cameo. Doesn't mean he, he can't do it again. Not I mean, been United beat, in the last two games. Yeah. Are they? United beat Juve, who are better side than Juventus uh, than PSG. Sorry, so mm. why can't they? They beat went PSG? about it in a different way, didn't they? Yeah, and that's what I was I was thinking last night. Like in a way. You can imagine Mourinho's United might not have lost last night. Might have been a draw, but you know, yeah. you know, Mourinho would have gone Fellaini, Pogba, Matic in midfield, shut up shop. And I can imagine last night might have been a nil-nil. And I guess maybe that's a criticism that will come of Solskjaer that he didn't have that European expertise because he's only ever managed previously in Europa League qualifiers for for Mulder. But the team doesn't have that Europe, that Champions yeah. League experience either. I can't remember the exact numbers off the top of my head, but. Um, PSG starting eleven had twice as twice as many appearances in Champions League as United starting eleven. Yeah, and that that shows. Like I know, obviously they've got Buffon, Buffon in there, who takes up yeah. most of those appearances himself. But yeah, like I said, the ones who do have experience for United are people who've been there for ages. So you've got the likes of like but Ashley Young. Yeah, but you've got Ashley Young, who's been there. Matic will have a lot for Chelsea and. 
they're players who yeah, they might have a lot of Champions League experience but Ashley Young has never had maybe positive Champions League experience at United he might have played quite a few games for them but he's never been part of a side that's ever done anything really in Europe from what from what I can recollect it's worth noting a lot of the United players are Europa League winners as well so they do have a bit of experience yeah, you, yeah but there's a complete difference like between Europa yeah, League it's, diff- it's, it's a different level isn't it yeah total yeah. different level yeah. in both competitions Mourinho managed to win with this current side that com- that competition and that you just know there's no way that this squad as it is is absolutely nowhere near winning the the Champions League yeah, yeah. When, I mean who knows when second leg United take the league go 1-0 going in half time it's all to play for isn't it yeah so if United get an early goal from a watching fans perspective I think that's what the tie needs because if PSG go in and score in the first 10 minutes you just no, it's game over really so I think to keep the the excitement and the tie alive definitely for like even the first half you've just United have got to go there and hope to get the first goal maybe within the first 15 minutes yeah I think it's worth a risk worth taking as well because if United just scored early on the fact that PSG have bottled it before yeah. in Europe a couple of times they'll be rattled they'll be rattled and it's going to be mentality for them it's going to be about them overcoming their own demons and having to hold on against the United side who have nothing to lose they've got their one last hooray maybe maybe it could even be their last European game under Solskjaer who knows what's going to happen in the summer I mean it's going to be a big big test for him maybe it depends on how United do in the FA Cup whether he gets the job or not but that, it'll be United if they were 1-0 up with 45 minutes to go they'll just be gunko and PSG will have such a huge test not only against United but against the, themselves really to, to, to pull something out of the bag and I guess although people say that, I mean the fact that United are being ruled out by some people it means that the pressure's on PSG again for the second leg yeah and um, I mean that what you mentioned there about Solskjaer and whether we will get the job I mean what do you think now he's going to be ju- say if United do go out as expected to PSG in the second leg you think it's going to be top four that's going to decide whether he whether he does get the job or do you think it doesn't matter do you think he has the job maybe possibly already the suggestion is the decision's already been made and that they're keen to give him the job I think there's so many different factors to take into consideration if United were to narrowly miss out on the top four and they've gone out of Europe and they don't win the FA Cup I don't think that that's going to be the deciding factor altogether on it because it's all to do with the mood in the dressing room the fact that these players have decided excuse me to sign long-term deals at the club that's something that wouldn't have happened previously the mood with, between player and manager, the coaching staff. I think there's so much more to take into consideration than just looking at the Premier League table and be like, okay, if there could be like one point in it and you can't they can't turn around and say, oh, sorry, if you'd finished fourth, you'd have had the job, but you finished fifth, so you're out. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I think what Charlotte said there is, is that, that we always talk about player power in football nowadays, but I think the United dressing room will have a big say on it. And Solskjaer's coming, he's put smiles on the faces of supporters, staff and players. I don't think United would even want to risk maybe jeopardising that because then they've got a whole new challenge under Pochettino if he was to come in. What would happen if it didn't work out for him? Would you stick by him or not? Now you've set this precedent of sacking Mourinho so early in the season really for United's point of view would you then say well what if Pochettino's sick come next December or whatever would you sack yeah. him what, what what would you do so I think what they've got with Solskjaer um, from my point of view is, I think the decision should be made in favour of him regardless of, of what he's done because he's already proven himself in that aspect I think that the run United went on is far more than just feel good factor and mm. players just smiling high-fiving giving each other a hug saying we play for Man United yay doesn't matter. You love how happy he is, don't you? Yeah. I mean, it is quite infectious the way the United yeah. have sort of That's come at the moment. And it is that feel-good factor. I think from maybe even a marketing point of view, 
there's gonna be it's gonna be easier to sell United as a club when everyone's happy and everyone yeah. there's a feel good factor around the club. So I don't think they should risk jeopardising it. I think the FA Cup game against Chelsea next week has a new importance now because that does look like the only chance of silverware. And yeah. when you've it's all gonna hinge on them injuries, isn't it? Yeah. Martial exactly. and um, Lingard. And especially when you're playing against Chelsea, who are going to be really low themselves after they've got absolutely but tonked on the weekend. United should have beat Chelsea at Stamford Bridge earlier in the season. And, and didn't. And didn't. Yeah. And that was under Mourinho at a time when they weren't playing very well. So even despite these injuries, the way they've been playing recently, if you forget PSG for a minute, if you go back to the 11-game unbeaten run, United still should fancy their chances on Monday night they've beaten Arsenal they've beaten Spurs and they're, they're two I think they're two trickier away days than Chelsea uh, in the current sort of vein yeah I think they've already done much harder harder jobs yeah and Monday night obviously you'll be there Charlotte covering the game um, do you think that do you think the FA Cup now is le- level in terms of importance with any Premier League fixture now from now to the end of the season yeah definitely because I think if if Solskjaer, whether this be an interim thing or a permanent thing, if he's coming in December and leads United to top four and gets them a trophy, people say people don't care about the FA Cup anymore. I just, I don't believe that. I think from a fan's perspective that they want that day out in May and if it means their club go home with a trophy, then brilliant. You can look, if you look back up the state United were in, in October and November, I think, I think you'd say job well done if if that's what he does. But and I think he w- he will take it seriously. I think we were all surprised with the amount of changes he made against Arsenal, but it paid off. They won. They got through. It wouldn't be a surprise if he did a similar thing again. You'd expect Romero to start in goal because he's already said that he's the cup keeper. But the biggest dilemma is going to be up front, and it's that old man Alexis Sanchez again. If he if he's, he really needs to turn up because you'd imagine that he might get the nod this time. Yeah, exactly. I think what Charlotte said is important there, that from anyone's point of view, it's a day out to Wembley, it's the cup files, you remember. You you, you do, and not having to dig at you here, Ash, but you, you do sort of worry that United are turning into Arsenal if they say, let's finish top four, let's not worry about cups. I know that Wenger did bring both um, in his spell at Arsenal as well, but I think United always have to just look at, at winning silverware. They need to try to get that FA Cup record back. Solskjaer, obviously, and it should be both, shouldn't it? it shouldn't yeah, of course, be a, but I guess... at the expense of oh, we're no. going to sack off the league for a minute because the FA Cup's more important. And especially now because the FA Cup's got to the stage where you just delay a, a league game for later in the season. So I don't think it's one where these are professional footballers. Solskjaer already said in January, I think it was, wasn't it, that they shouldn't have to worry about rotation because these are professional footballers. A four-day break, whatever, is enough. But then I guess. On the contrary, Charlotte, if you were asked, can United beat Chelsea next week and then lose at home to Liverpool in the league? Is that a trade you'd take? Oh, that's a tough one. We already know my strong feelings about uh, Liverpool on this podcast. Um, I actually think United are going to beat Liverpool, but that's probably well. thoughts for a later podcast. So let's just... Just like we thought, you know, we're going to beat PSG. <laughs> I don't that's know. a fair point. I know. Don't go into games with optimism. True, that's the... No, true that. But then the day before the PSG game, I did come into, into the office and say, real... I think United are going to get battered. Yeah, you had a real... Re- I, a real I, low I had my own reality yeah. check and thought, hang about, all the pressure's on United here because they're missing all their star men. And Do you not think that could jeopardise that next week, though, going to this Chelsea game? Do you still think... Because do you think that would be favourites for it? That's what I don't get anymore, because after the PSG result, maybe not so much, but the fact that Chelsea lost 6-0 to City, it's gonna, it could just be two teams low on confidence with points to prove. I'm not, does, I, I really don't know what to expect. Does that tie go into extra time? 
Uh, or no, just go to pen. Or just no. go to replay. No. Yeah, extra time and penalties. Extra time. Yeah, there's no replays. How does it? From the fifth round, so it could be a very late trip back. For it's the fifth round. Okay. Fifth round. No, isn't I, luckily, yeah. I well, unluckily, I'm having to stay over. Um, we've already had to prepare that. But in terms of fans as well, I mean, the game's already pushing the last train. There's one train home. I think United fans can get. So if it goes to extra time. I'm sure someone said it didn't go to extra time. I'm pretty sure it does. I thought it goes to a replay. No, I thought it went to They've scrapped it's replays. Fi- yeah, they've scrapped replays, but only from the quarterfinals onwards. No, I think it's from the fifth round. Charlotte, onwards. Google that. I'm almost certain. It's from the fifth round onwards. I'm I th- sure. I thought it was quarters it onwards. I'm sure, I'm sure it's a replay. I thought it was quarters now that they've added uh, Well, thanks for joining us on this podcast. <laughs> it's really as exciting as, as always. It's no, you're right. Extra time penalties, isn't it? Really? Yeah. F- 18th of December 2018. It got changed. It said no replays in the Emirates FA Cup fifth round. Yeah. That got announced, yeah. And that's to fi- help with the fixture congestion, so, so it could pay, play pivotal, but it means we're going for a proper cup tie as well because now it's like I can really shut up shop because I, that's why I'm so excited for that game as a neutral. I, I just do not know what to expect at all. Mm. It's killed me. Killed the momentum. Killed the vibe, that, hasn't it? <laughs> it's going to be interesting, though, I think, either way, to be honest. Are we we'll, doing a we'll, pre Chelsea podcast? Probably not. What day is it today? We're recording this at Wednesday. It's a Wednesday, Wednesday today. Valentine's Eve. It's Valentine's. That's oh, not a thing. That, is that a big date in your calendar, Richard Fair? Yeah, it's because I've got a fireside game yeah, tonight. Richard's going out after this. Can I tell? He he's just dressed up smartly he's, he's with a nice to button work shirt. Today in a shirt, oh, smart trousers, shoes on. Normally, so tra- on. trainers yeah. and a scruffy jumper. It's a real shame that this isn't video recorded. This yeah. podcast because we'll put the, a picture for you on our Instagram yeah. page. Maybe it's <laughs> yeah. because I'm a, a guest on my own podcast. Maybe I'm trying to impress the listeners yeah. a big well, day for you yeah had a Get shower Instagram I'll put a picture up yesterday. on the story well, we'll put a picture up on the Instagram view okay yeah. I was on last week follow us on Instagram do, does feel like, Man United yeah. MEN just feel like we're having a lot of off air conversations on air here but that's fine with me um, anything else we've got to plug anything we've got coming up well, I think after last night, I think everyone's a bit deflated, aren't they? So. Yeah. I don't think so. No, it's an awkward, that's I don't. What, I don't apart from you, Charlotte, I'm never deflated. Well, apart from when negative Nancy comes on, but yeah. I don't think. I just think it was a reality check, but not in a way to. They're not out of it, but not in a way to depress anyone. It was just sometimes you've just got to hold your hands up and be like. They were outclassed in the second half. It's not a case to be depressed about. It was the... Just a reality where United are. A reality check of where where they are in the grand scheme of the teams in Europe and they're not up there. Yeah, but they've also got to be grateful for the fact that that was the first time in six or seven years that United fans were genuinely really excited for like a European title home. Like really... I know you might say the Europa League semi-final stuff was exciting, but it's not as exciting as... It's a team like PSG coming to Old Trafford both sides in good form it was really exciting as a spectacle and it's something you can't take for granted I think maybe in the mid-2000s it's something you did expect every season wasn't it yeah. it's weird, oh, who are United going to play which big team United can play in Europe now and after I mean it's still Olympiacos at home is still the last Champions League knockout tie United won and you probably never thought it would be such a long barren wait afterwards for United until they got another one but yeah United fans I think are still grateful I don't think yeah, the I think, positivity's still yeah. there and I think that's maybe match going supporters as well uh, are grateful for having those sort of nights it's a nice you finish work early you go for a couple of pints you watch the game it's like you say you boo Di Maria you get to watch the best players in the world play at Old Trafford and you just don't they, they've, snake not, on the pitch. they've not had that for, for years yeah that's, and there's still the away like that's talk. a very that's a very passionate speech from you there Bish. yeah so I, I, like I, said, I said on my Facebook live if you've not checked it out get us on Man United MEN on, uh, <laughs> yeah. on Facebook but I said 
there's not too much to be sad about. They've had such a good run under Solskjaer. The game's not over yet. It could have gone a, the different way if there were, weren't injuries and Kempembe were sent off. Just keep the faith. And the, the, the person that's in the dugout to inspire them to Has come, to come, to come mm. back in the Champions League is the perfect person mm. that is there. Yeah. And 11 games ago, you would have snapped your, snapped your arm off at a chance of being you in the hands, top... Yeah, you just snapped your hands off at top being in the top four. Uh, being in the top four. I mean, what was it, 11 points the gap yeah. when he took over? And now with, they're in the and top now, four and they look... I mean, you'd see United of Favours. You have to see United of Favours for top four now. Yeah, so, so there's always... There is... Always not this reasons season. to be cheerful. There's always next season. So if you've somehow magically listened this far into the podcast, thank you very much for doing that. Keep the faith. Ash? And subscribe to us on Acast. That was flawless. It was, wasn't Perfect. it? Yeah. And as we say every week, if you've got any questions, you can tweet Charlotte, Ash or myself. Yeah. We all need the followers as well, so please just hammer that follow button. We'll, we'll stick the Twitter handles in at the bottom of the description. Yeah, and just, uh, just say, if you want to criticise us for talking such Feedback, rubbish. criticism, abuse light abuse um, and questions do do keep them coming we do like to listen and know what you want us to talk about as well thank you Rich it's a pleasure yeah. we might swap roles next week as well we might be back yeah. in, in the yeah. chair I'll, you'll be in this chair and I'll be in that one unless the fans Silent. want me yeah. as a pundit again who knows if you want Rich Fraser as a pundit they can, um, they can tweet him and tell them yeah. they want that after you followed me yeah <laughs> Thank you, Charlotte. Thank, Thank you, Rich. You. Thank you for joining me today. If, um, like Rich just said, if you do have any feedback or you want to leave a review, be sure to do so on Aircast or Apple Podcasts. We will be back sometime, I'd say, in the middle of next week. So do stick around and we'll be back with you soon.